are. This is, I don't know what the hell this episode is and what number it is where where we're at, but I would like to welcome you all to this latest episode of Our Kids Asleep. I'm Jay Alejandro and I am joined by... I'm Maddie. And we... That was weird. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) It's the technology that you're getting used to. We're we're getting spoiled today and we have some new gear that we're trying out, uh, some road equipment that we're really excited about. I just love this whole setup thing very you know? sleek yeah we'd like to give a shout out to jess who is uh um, a podcasting mentor and uh helper with uh, mm-hmm. this awesome uh awesome equipment well, i so. think it's kind of funny it's actually the opposite like you're mentoring her in podcasting and she's letting us use her awesome equipment and yeah, but, giving us like life and business advice yeah but i, I think <laughs> it's also it's great because she is she is like a, a mentor of all kinds mm-hmm. you know in terms of uh she's of becoming business. a guru she will be. I mean, I give it a year, man. She's she's got a game plan, but um we we really wanted to just have a brand new episode so that we'd be able to catch up with you folks on a lot of things because we haven't podcasted in a while due to well, I felt like crap the last two yeah, weeks. I legit didn't feel good. There's been a plague on our house <laughs> for like a month. Yeah. Um good old Shakespearean plague. Um, and so that's been difficult and it's just like along with the plague comes exhaustion and work stress and all that. It's just like my mind was not in it. I was not in the right frame of mind to communicate anything. Uh, so I struggled a lot and the head excuses, excuses, but here we are. Exactly. Exactly. It could have, we could have done a lot better, but now we are here and we're actually really excited. It feels like I've been podcasting all day. I had a an earlier um, podcast. Uh, what do you call it? Like a guest. You were a guest so on another podcast. I was a guest podcast. on somebody else's podcast. And not just like a friend, like a stranger from Reddit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm... Um, one of my one of the things that I want to work on is is just get the word out about our podcast and all the cool things that we want to do. And I found uh, this guy on on Reddit who has a podcast named Creative Core, and uh, he, he's doing kind of similar something similar to what I'm doing, kind of on the side, which is exploring creativity. So that's been that was an opportunity that kind of came up, and I was like, yeah, I'll be I'll be a guest. And it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. So I want to make sure that more people can find out about the podcast and what we're doing here at Our Kids Asleep and all the other stuff that I'm writing about on the blog. So I'm feeling I'm feeling empowered. I'm feeling kind of excited about just getting the word out. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Things are going in the right direction. Doesn't it feel like that? Like, you know. In some ways. The, the gear. Well, the world's fucking falling apart, so I got to look at the silver lining <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah. We've got sweet gear, and our podcast is going good, and <laughs> there's some things that are going pretty good. You look out the window, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, I forgot. There's the four horsemen <laughs> doing a lap around my neighborhood. Yeah. Coronavirus, guys. I don't. Holy crap. Yeah, that, that kind of snuck up on us, didn't it? Just as we're. A little bit. I mean, not on the. Those of us who are informed, (laughs) (laughs) it's coming years ago. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, but we've been junkies for the pandemic kind of uh, scenario for a while, and I'm surprised that we weren't more prepared than than we were. But but we're just like pop culture junkies. We're not like (laughs) science junkies. We're not like analyzing, you know, statistics in Wuhan, China, five years ago. You know. And I remember that. 
when when coronavirus first started in Wuhan, the the premiere for that pandemic documentary came out on it Netflix. Was like, it was it before? It was like the week of the okay. week that one came I'm out. I remember when we watched it because it was pretty soon after. We, it we came watched out. it like the week after it came out, and we we just went through it like crazy. Have we talked about it yet? I don't remember. I mean, we might have to if we haven't already. I'll, I'll take a look. But yeah, it's sort of in conjunction with like the yeah. real life pandemic that we're experiencing right now. They had just they were joking that the the coronavirus was the greatest marketing campaign of any kind of uh, TV show or special because it it coincided with for that particular documentary or just yeah. in general. Oh, yeah, they just yeah. said, "Oh, Netflix did this so well." It's also the like best marketing for the movie Contagion, which came out quite a few years ago, but is like the number two streaming right. movie right now. And we actually haven't talked about it. I was looking at uh, at our previous podcasts, mm. and we're actually on episode thirty seven of Our Kids Asleep. If you can believe it, Sick. we're a movie along and it's incredibly exciting but we should talk about the pandemic documentary the documentary or the real one oh, well we're we're fucked either way i mean okay I, let, let's begin with the real thing i mean okay. what what is going on here what what is the deal um we are in the midst of a um flu-like uh virus that is ravaging certain parts of the world um and it's come ashore here and uh things are happening very quickly um i would say in the last week alone things have really gone downhill in terms of um i would say gone downhill but they've definitely things have developed quickly in terms of closing cancellations postponements of events um well, we've noticed the the impact immediately the moment it arrived in the U.S. But mm -hmm. ever since it was it was far away around the other side of the world, we could very much dismiss it and think, oh, it's just a, another democratic scare, as they've been saying on the right, or mm -hmm. something that the Trump administration was organizing so that they could pass more legislation. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of conspiracy theories going around when this thing first came about and even now i mean there's there's folks who do not believe that this is a legitimate concern sure. and it's it's fairly scary because they're the ones that are going to make it more difficult to to curtail the mm -hmm. the impact of this thing yeah so i mean it's getting to a, i mean they closed the schools um, right in our right. county in other counties in the state the governor has uh, on the recommendation of public health officials, ha or the CDC has uh, recommended, recommended that yeah. the schools close across the state. Um, and a lot of other states have done that as well. Yeah. And so that seems to me to be a pretty big, a pretty big decision because of the impact it has on the community. And, yeah. you know, um, it's not, they didn't make that decision lightly. And, right. um, and I've, I've noticed that the, sort of the the effects that this particular pandemic is is having is something that we don't really have um what do you call it um there's nothing in in recent memory that's that's acted like this or that has created this kind of response around mm -hmm. the world yeah um 
And, and that's sort of the thing that's so shocking to me is like, is this normal? Is this an overreaction or is this? I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to say because we do live in a very different world than we did even when SARS was around or like MERS. Yeah. Like those other ones. Even 20 years ago. the Even the, 10 years ago. The culture of, of the panic is is a lot more. I would say that it's just the dissemination of misinformation is much more prolific. And so, yeah, like people don't have and I feel like I was prey to this as well. I I didn't feel like I had the like until pretty recently, I didn't feel like I had the correct information. I still don't feel like I have the correct information. Yeah. I am well then again I sometimes I feel like I am very easily swayed depending on my mood swings but it does feel like it's difficult for us to find exactly what we need to know and it's problematic right now too because the administration at this time is not is not taking responsibility for certain things and is not being honest mm-hmm. at least in the beginning they were not honest about what kind of problem we were up against as a country yeah or as a, and i i think that um the media fed into the initial panic setting in and so i tried really hard mostly successfully to not um <laughs> not buy into it to not yeah to not get sucked into the sensational nature of of the 24-hour news cycle and i tried to find the experts i tried to find the scientists uh-huh. and to read what they were saying and you know to try to figure out what level <laughs> we're actually <laughs> at and you know where this is going to go and to be honest listening to the experts does not it's not super comforting because it's not a good you know it's not a good prognosis of how this is going to play out but at least we know that it's the truth yeah. to the extent that they know the truth. And that's the um, most honest thing that you could receive is, is really the reality of, okay, uh, it is targeting an older population for sure. Um, but some of us who are younger or uh, even Gen Xers or whoever, um, millennials, we're going to be transmitting a lot of this, this pain and, uh, and potential, you know, destruction to, pretty much like the older people. Yeah. And so it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. So understanding that like we're, we and children are going to be the transmitters of this Mm -hmm. makes you really have to, cause you know, it's very easy to say, well, fuck it. Like, it's not going to affect me. Like, I'm just going to go about my life, you know, but like, you need to think about the other, you know, the older people, the immune compromised in our society that they need our help in order to not, for this to not get out of control mm-hmm. to the extent that it is already. Um, and so it's, you know, right now the big thing is social distancing. You know, right. it's all over the internet. You need to social distance yourself from, from friends, from family, from elderly people, you know, to go out as little as possible and to have as little contact with other people as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think but it's, it's an, so hard. It's, babe. it is, it's super hard. And and I, I read an article today that made a very important distinction that says you can still be socially distant and not be cooped up in your house. Or socially involved? No, like you can go outside. 
Right, right. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Like it's it's mean. the weather is improving to some degree here, you know, for how long, who knows. But, you know, the sun is out. It's warmer. Like you don't have to stay inside. You can go outside. Right. You can go for walks. You can play outside. You can take your kid to the park. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like keeping a physical distance from other people, mm-hmm. maybe not using the playground equipment, you know, that kind of stuff. So there are ways that you can still be socially distant, but still like right. go outside, get some fresh air, get some sunshine. Don't get caught like a deer in the headlights. You yeah. you have to go out and live your life. And yeah. that's the dilemma that we have right now is. Uh, and I love that the um, the gentleman on the Joe Rogan podcast that we were watching last night, um, Michael Osterholm. He's an infectious disease expert. Which was a great a great podcast uh, about the situation. He was very to the point about the the heart of the matter here. But what he was getting at was that currently our country is trying to treat this thing as if it's just a slight bump in the road. Like, okay, you guys are going to have to chill out as a nation for like a couple, weeks. a couple of weeks, and yeah. then it's going to be back to normal. Well, unfortunately, if you follow the patterns of the Spanish flu, you know, and and the way that unfolded, that was a long-term thing. And diseases like this, a uh, virus like this, it it's here for a season. Mm-hmm. And we have to be prepared for that. And right now, nobody's thinking in that mindset. No. People are, especially here, I mean, uh, the kinds of folks that are uh, hoarding goods and, and just anticipating a, a long weekend are saying, you know, we're just going to ride it out for a little bit and then we'll be, we'll be back to normal uh, next month. But- Eventually, we will have to get back out there. We will have to get back to work. And that's when the real precautions are going to have to start taking place. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're prepared for that mindset Mm -hmm. of getting back into the workplace and getting back to our daily lives. Because it's almost fun to be in this sort of quarantine kind of excitement. And that's sort of the game right now is people believe that it's a fun distraction from the routine from the tedium but when we start seeing the real impact of this illness in our communities um personally like family members you know going through some of this stuff hopefully not um we're really going to start thinking things a little bit more seriously uh because right now it just seems like a game to a lot of people yeah and i think um A lot of people, I would say most people, have not experienced anything like this in their lifetimes. Yeah. Um, And so that's that's a hard pill to swallow Mm -hmm. to realize that we are not in control. (laughs) And something like this is serious and it can happen and it is happening. Right now as we speak. And um, I think that that, I don't know. It hasn't hit me. It hasn't hit a lot of people that this is going to be a long haul kind of thing. Yeah. Um, You know, I work in the travel industry and so it's very disruptive Mm -hmm. to my work. And, you know, it's become disruptive to my personal life. And it's not going to be an easy six months. Right. (laughs) You know, so. This is a long term thing. So that's why we have to work on maintaining a i guess uh what what do you call it not a, a scarcity mindset but just a um a better attitude about who we are as a community because the moment we start hoarding and getting panicky and scared is the moment that we're all going to start hurting each other mm-hmm. and we could be very close to that if we don't pay attention yeah i, think, I really believe that i think people 
I mean, there were fist fights for toilet paper in Colorado. Yeah. You I know, mean, it's legit just fist fights. it's ignorance and it's greed and it's fear. And that is the basest human instincts when shit goes south. Unfortunately, of course, I mean, this is why they don't tell us about the fucking aliens <laughs> <laughs> because they know what would happen. So that's what they say. I mean, we're only a handful of days away from a, a large uh, riot or or destructive kind of mindset because we we crave that survival instinct. I also think that desperation is a very common feeling among the poor, yeah. the disenfranchised yeah and this kind of a situation sends people over the edge you know like you're already having issues you're already struggling and now i have to worry about getting sick or my children getting sick or my family getting sick and i don't get paid time off for sick time and how am i going to feed my kids and it gets desperate yeah and it gets desperate real fast that does lead me to uh something i wanted to talk to you about which is the response that the federal government the fed in particular gave to um these erratic markets that were just kind of bouncing back and forth now there's a lot of argument on social media because that's really i mean i'm not uh, a stockbroker i i'm not connected in in these kinds of uh of things but the general reaction was that, you know, it was a good thing that they injected some money to placate the market. But at the same time, I was I was really um, blowing up my body just in terms of uh, the rage that just kind of came over me when I saw the headline that the Fed was going to um, offer a, a bailout of one point five trillion dollars in the wake of of this erratic market that dropped uh, I believe it was over two thousand points in the in a matter like of two 10% days or something. It it yeah it was it's on the verge of of becoming what they call a bear market. I guess I'm just now realizing it that that's... it became a bear market. I yeah, think it went that low. And you know they say that it's a little bit better now, but at the same time that commitment is is still coming. It's so and, erratic. But again, we are talking about one point five trillion dollars that was issued without hesitation in immediate response to a slight blip in the in the market that yes i can understand that this is a global collective thing that every country suffers when the market starts plummeting the way that it did but when coming back to what you were talking about earlier the fact that people are not going to be able to afford their rent in a week and when they cancel schools People are going to be out of work and they're not going to be able to afford daycare and they're probably going to be, you know, uh, short on food. A lot of these things because the school system relies or they rely on the school system to give their kids food. I mean, there is a complete disruption happening right now in this second. And the fact that that was the the first thing that they went to to resolve this issue is really problematic to me. And I was incredibly mad. I mean, I am still an advocate of of UBI. I mean, just that's the kind of thing that UBI was was made for. I mean, we need that kind of bailout for the people. And I think it's so funny that like, is this really what it takes for people to understand that this is a necessary and and even and so, like a thing that could help people. It takes like a national emergency yeah, for that to be the. But even so, it's not even on the table. No. That's the the infuriating thing is that 
you know that the most immediate way to help people who are at the bottom, who are clawing their way to survival, they don't have anything. They don't have anything to fall back on. And fucking Mike Pence has the nerve to say, oh, your employers, they have the ability to give you paid time off. That was his response when somebody asked him, what are people going to do when they can't afford to, to stay home? That's what he said. So how delusional do you have to be that that's a response? I mean, that is a, a just a lack of understanding about the kind of people who live in, in this country. Well, like you can will your employer to give yeah, you Yeah, it's like they're time. not going to give you shit. No. You know, do you think a dishwasher or somebody who works in retail is going to be getting two weeks of time off? Mm-mm. Come on, man. And uh, we still hear the furnace, even though we got fancy microphones. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Furnace. (laughs) Get a furnace so you can stay warm in the apocalypse. What were we talking about? UBI. Universal basic income has to be on the table for this. And I'm glad, you know, that Tulsi Gabbard and uh, another another person uh, is, they're pretty much pushing a bill for that, an emergency universal... And what the fuck did they call it? It was an emergency basic payment Mm -hmm. where for a limited time, several months, uh, a majority of adults would get this, this payment so that they, their lives wouldn't collapse. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a phenomenal idea. No matter, uh, as long as there's, there's few strings, strings attached. I mean, that would still be a great, a great solution to this problem right now. Yeah. I don't know. I think um, our government, (laughs) when people are comparing our government to like China, Italy, (laughs) you know, fascist governments, (laughs) like they're comparing our response to their response, which is tamping down the truth, opaqueness. Not telling people how bad it really is and specifically not releasing tests when they had them. We were testing at a rate of we had cumulatively tested 10,000 people in this country. South Korea was testing 10,000 people per day. Yeah. Okay. Like. And that was a choice. That was a choice. To manipulate the narrative and to say, well, obviously, look at how many people we got. We only got 10. Yeah. But look how many Italy has. Like, they have a problem. We don't have a problem. You know, it's like, it's just like our government is its own worst enemy. Like, it's it's making this so much worse than it has to be. And like well they lost about a week and a half or two weeks of of potential assistance uh, to the public and for what so the market didn't go crazy it did anyway yeah like you can't control the narrative and i love this there there was this um moment that was highlighted on twitter about trump pretty much getting confronted about why he dissolved the the pandemic office mm. uh, in the White House two years ago. And pretty much his response, he literally said, I, I take no responsibility for it. He said, I don't know anything about that. What the fuck do you say to that? As the president of the United States, the person who's mm-hmm. supposed to anticipate the shit, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm distraught by that level of, of, 
um, disrespect to the office, of course, but also just lack of accountability, man. It's your team. Even if it wasn't you, which it clearly was, they, they brought up footage of him saying, we don't need this shit. Mm -hmm. Get rid of it. And now two years later, he's saying, I, I have no, mm -hmm. no regrets with an mm -hmm. A. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty just a complete, it's just a complete, you know, lack of accountability and nobody's going to call them on it because we're three years in, yeah. four years in and nobody's done it yet. So yeah. and that's just the way know, things the, are now. The hilarious thing is that now they're saying this, this motherfucker is going to, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, postpone the elections because of a um, crisis and again we're getting into conspiracy theory territory and people who are very very afraid of the status quo um are trying to propagate this this thing that uh, he won't be removed from office come you know the beginning of next year and at this time it just seems like like we're living in like a silly you know fantastical nightmare scape i i don't know i think um, some things don't make sense to anymore. be honest i think that kind of fear-mongering is irresponsible <laughs> um <laughs> so i don't i don't know but i could by be the, by I, those conspiracy theories maybe i'm just going in the wrong you know dark pits of of reddit despair or twitter uh rage which tend to blow themselves out of proportion you know you follow threads long enough and you start to rationalize really extreme points of view and i think maybe that's what's happening is is i need to take a goddamn break because i'm <laughs> drinking the kool-aid and enjoying, i just think i don't think that too much i don't think those conspiracy theories are any more uh they don't have any more they don't hold any more water than the conspiracy theories on the right so yeah you know is it concerning yes um, is this some sort of, you know, <laughs> inside job so that he doesn't have to have an election in November? No, it's fucking not. You know, like, I just, I don't buy that for a second. So, you know, just, just stop scrolling. Get out of those dark corners of the internet. Just focus on the experts. Focus on the people who know what they're talking about. Um... You know, that people are saying Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's like the head of the response team, mm -hmm. the real head, yeah. not Mike Pence. Um, <laughs> he's like the voice of reason <laughs> in that whole group of people. So st we, we should probably get rid of step two, which is pray it all away. <laughs> yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. S skip to step three. Get okay, rid of that let's one. do that. And so he's just pretty much like anytime the president says anything, he's like, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that guy. <laughs> this is what's going on. This is the truth. <laughs> Oh, wash your word. hands don't touch your face stop trying to shake my hand mr president like it's <laughs> you know it's just just look for the people who know what they're talking about they're there yeah you just have to look for them yeah so in i guess really what what i would like to get at is given the the depressing nature of all the things that we've experienced in the last week or two um i'd like to take away something positive from this um Maybe I guess I was talking to to my sister about this uh, earlier tonight, and there's got to be a silver lining to this. And right now, for us in particular, who are not immediately in harm's way of of this virus, it's given us a, a great weekend to just kind of be with each other as a family and start thinking about 
really imp- the important things is is just enjoying each other's company. And if you have that opportunity to spend uh, uh, some time with your loved ones, I encourage you to do so and not be afraid of of reaching out to the people in your family who may be the most vulnerable and just encourage them and help them and, you know, pass on a little bit of, of optimism in this uh, really horrible shit housing time. Um, and that's really the the only way that I think we can overcome this is is by reminding ourselves that we are a community, whether we're here in Wyoming or somewhere in California or in another part of the world. We must become a community of one people to overcome this shit because our panic, our hysteria, this paranoia will get the better of us and we will start riots. I guarantee it. If we don't stick together and find the silver lining in this thing, it could get pretty ugly. So please don't be that person. Like the, like those people who, um, who buy like a whole bunch of Purell and then they, uh, surge up the price on Amazon. You know, they're selling little Purell bottles for like thirty forty dollars a pop mm-hmm. uh, I was reading this disgusting horrific article of this uh gentleman down south who was doing that exact same thing he has over like I don't know they they said he had pallets of uh wipes mm-hmm. and because Amazon blocked that that um oh, the he sales can't sell it. he can't sell them mm-hmm. because it's it's pretty much illegal to profit mm-hmm. off of uh, an emergency, yeah, an emergency yeah. situation. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, we can't have that in a time of crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that people are looking for an opportunity to, to better their family situation, but come on, man, you're really screwing over a lot of people in mm-hmm. this situation. So please don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Please be better. If you're yeah. going to buy a lot of shit, donate it. Well, and it's like, you know, so you hear those stories, but then you also hear like good stories about like people like going into grocery stores for older people who are scared to go in the grocery stores. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stuff. So look for the helpers, you know, like right. Mr. Rogers says, look for the look helpers. Look for the helpers. Be a helper. Be a helper. Yeah. yeah. If you have the opportunity. And if you can, <clears throat> like we tell our son, be a big helper. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if you wanted to talk about something else that alone seemed pretty draining, <laughs> but well, uh, so because, <laughs> you know, a lot of us are not going anywhere. We're not leaving our houses. Um, there's a lot of talk and buzz about what to watch on streaming services. Right. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff and we've watched a couple good things that, you know, made our weekends brighter and, uh, one thing that I watched kind of before this whole shitstorm happened was um, Taylor Tomlinson's new comedy special called mm-hmm. Quarter Quarter Life Crisis. Yes. And uh, I knew nothing about her. I had never, I maybe had heard her name mm. uh, or seen her name on like a set list or something that, you know, the comedy store posts or something. But um, I didn't know who she was. And but I had seen her special advertised a lot. Netflix is really good about pushing their comedy specials. Yeah. Because it's an institution of comedy now. And uh so I'd seen her preview and I decided to watch it. Um and it blew me away. Like it was really, really good. What'd you like about the 
special? She's only 25 or 26. She was 25 when she shot it. And uh, I don't know. Having been a 25-year-old girl, 25-year-old woman, I remember feeling those, you know, the way she describes. Just like not knowing what the hell you're doing. No one taking you seriously. You know, Mm -hmm. just kind of fumbling your way through life you know kind of being ready to be done and you're like done with your 20s by the time you got to the end of it you know yeah. just like this is this decade was just me fumbling through figuring it out and just fucking it up royally <laughs> like regularly um so i don't know it's very relatable and she i don't know she just has she's She's very relatable and she didn't, this is going to sound really sexist, but there are some female comedians that I find one dimensional. In terms of the way that they approach comedy or what they talk about? What they talk about. Like I've tried multiple times to watch Nikki Glaser's comedy. Mm. I've tried multiple times with multiple specials and I can never get through them. Mm. And, um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with like raunchy humor. I don't have a problem with dick jokes. I don't have a problem with someone talking about their vagina. Like I don't, none of that bothers me, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not the only subject that a woman has to talk about. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, I feel like there's more to talk about than just that. And I find it uninspiring (laughs) to just hear the same shit over and over again. Sure, and that's the same with any comedian that has their their one bit or shtick to fall back on. Uh, If it gets overused, it might not be enough to keep uh, people interested during the whole special. And the, the thing is, is like, I actually think Nikki Glaser is very funny. And I've heard her on a lot of podcasts and she's done, you know, a lot of interviews and stuff. And she's a great writer. She's funny as hell. But I just can't get into her stand up. And I think that that's, you know, that happens. I don't think it's anything. Yeah. And it's also a personal preference. It's a personal preference. Because all this stuff is a crapshoot. You don't know really. Yeah. You never really know. stick. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, and maybe it's not really a fair thing to say like female comics do this because male comics do it too. And, um, I don't know. She just really, Taylor Tomlinson just really like floored me. And, um, that one's a solid tink. It's a solid. Yeah. yeah. Like she's, it's a really solid for how young she is. Like that surprised me how young she was. That wowed me as well. When we watched the, uh, the standup special, uh, I came in halfway through it. I think I went to run an errand. And then when I came in, you had already started watching it. But mm-hmm. I think we went back and watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she was on point, man. Like yeah. you can tell when when comedians just kind of come in and they naturally own the stage. Yeah. I think she has that kind of natural it's a presence. presence that mm-hmm. fills the room. And doesn't matter what level the comedy is at, she's still owning the stage. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great trait for comedians. And I mean, I, I think she'd probably be really, really good live. Yeah. And who, what, there was another comedian who was talking about her. Um, I think one of the guys who was on Joe Rogan too. Um, Oh, um, 
what's his name? Uh, Regan, Brian Regan. Oh yeah. Where he was saying he took her on tour oh, yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then Tom Papa was like, Oh, you know, so you discovered her, blah, blah, blah. You know? And he's like, um, no, they said, no, she's an animal, like a complete, like yeah. stand up. Well, animal. and like, she he, gets out he was there. like, she stopped opening me, opening for me like really quickly because yeah. she's so good. <laughs> yeah. She just kind of took off and, yeah. and started doing her thing. But I love it when comedians compliment the up and comers yeah. and they're like, yeah, sh- they got the chops. They're mm-hmm. the ones that, that really know what they're doing. So God damn it. I wish that we lived in Denver, you know, I, know. Just, I would go to the, she's you know, going to be at comedy works in December. So if this shit is blown over by then we can go see her. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll all be infected by then. It'll be okay. <laughs> And just be breathing that that beautiful Corona air, mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, I highly recommend it. I've recommended it to like everybody that I've talked to. Yeah, <laughs> watch it. It's um, gonna be great. You'll love it. Yeah, yeah. And next time we got to talk about Tom Papa's special too. Who? Oh God, is, I love him. God, he did so so great mm-hmm. in that in that one. But we might have to save that for another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also saw Frozen too because we had to. <laughs> Our son didn't want anything to do with yeah. that shit right off the bat. I kind of didn't get either. To be honest, I kind of was not feeling it. Yeah, but they moved it. I mean, how monumental is that? Disney said, you know what? Everyone's getting screwed. Let's give them Frozen 2 to enjoy their quarantine weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was a quarantine weekend premiere. And I thought it was uh, surprising. I think I watched the first one way too much (laughs) when our son was really little. Yeah. And so I just had no interest. In the second one, but I was actually really surprised by the story. So I thought it was logical. It worked well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, sorry, I, you know, we're old, but they, they really leaned into the musical theater in this one. You felt mm-hmm. the tradition really coming in and especially with, with some of the interludes where they're half singing, half talking where, you know, they kind of, they, they, pull at my my suspension of disbelief just a little bit when they get into that and i know that that i don't know if you thought that that was a big deal but i just thought it was kind of kind of funny mm-hmm. it's like okay this is broadway bound yeah i, can, it I was, can feel it was it. a yeah, little yeah, yeah. much for me uh, yeah <laughs> but I like, I, and I just they're get, singing again i kept thinking of you like yeah she's rolling her eyes i'm not even looking at her mm-hmm. and i know she's rolling her eyes some of it was self-aware and that was okay. Yeah. Like the the song with Kristoff where he's doing like a power ballad, like a love power ballad. That was pretty ballad. cool. And I, I like, like that. that they gave it to him instead of like a female character yeah. for a change. Yeah. Um, um, it had some um, interesting uh, themes of legacy and family. I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of, you know, glamorous magic, you know, Elsa just being like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, boss babe and doing her, her thing. Is that appropriate? Like to... Like a, you know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, like, she's like, like coming into her own, like. Which she had a really good payoff too. I mean, yeah. realistically, they I carried kinda, that narrative really well. I kind of liked the theme of like, um, realizing that maybe the people that raised you were not, or not the not the people that raised you, but the like maybe your ancestors were not what they appeared to be. Yeah. Um, you know, like. Figuring out that maybe there was some sordid things happening in your past yeah. that you didn't understand or that you weren't privy to. Right. Um, and then just sort of leaning into that and trying to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, it was, 
it was good. You know, something worth a watch with a family. If you if you have a couple of little ones, you you can stomach the musical theater. Yeah, stuff. you're you're definitely uh, you're gonna have to watch it anyway. So you know, if you have kids, so mm-hmm. give it a look and and see what you think. But that one got us through last. I think night. the only reason we were we were spared for so long is because we have a boy. Yeah. I think if we had girls, we would be. Yeah. But you know how. how uh, Steeped in it. N- now he's getting to that point where he's so resistant to new things that he's just like, I don't want to see this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he doesn't say like shit, but <laughs> he says, I don't want to see this. Yeah. I don't watch Bugs Bunny. He was into it though. He liked well, it. Well, it takes him like five minutes to get into anything. And then he's like, oh, this is the best. Mm-hmm. But I think look the only at, reason he really liked Olaf. it. Yeah. Olaf. Yeah. <laughs> Um, who was very existential in this he by the was. way he was very um he was questioning his existence yeah he was very pained which by... actually ended up leading to yeah you know that shit got dark man. it did get dark it got yeah. dark it just got like kind of touches on grief and losing people yeah. and but it was a good movie and before we kind of move away from it though i would like to talk about um panic at the discos uh what's his name oh man brendan yuri he killed that song i know i like that song i liked it better when he sang it <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can get into it's this like, yeah give me the rock why didn't he why wasn't he the one that he should have been elsa fuck <laughs> idina mentel he yeah. should have been elsa right now seriously but he was uh in kinky boots yeah they he said, did he did on kinky broadway Bo- uh-huh Man, you can tell he's got like Broadway pipes. Yeah, man. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I am once again a, a Panic at the Disco fan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like when over. he was on your mom's house, like you don't realize it's hard to tell when you're listening to their music because it's, you know, obviously it's very produced. You can tell he's got a good voice, but like yeah. to hear it just unaccompanied, unadulterated. Like he just sang like a couple bars of a song, and you're like, like Jesus "Oh God!" It's like, <laughs> like you know, he's not pulling. Like he's pulling back. Like yeah, that's you yeah. know, that's tame. It's like I won't let the back of house uh, get these yeah. notes. Yeah, seriously, yeah, he's pulling back. Yeah, but uh, a lot of talent, man. A lot of talent. Uh, and and that was pretty much it. I mean, I I think that um, for now, I mean, we can we can have this be our our coming back episode because it's it feels weird i mean we mm-hmm. the last time we podcast was in the middle of february and i feel kind of bummed out about that mm-hmm. but i think uh if you're okay with it we might call it quits what do you think <laughs> call it quits for tonight for tonight oh. I mean, unless you want to talk about something i thought you meant like in general like yeah. all right we failed we've only no, done what are you talking about no i you know sometimes like, you're way too vague and i don't understand what you're telling me <laughs> That that's what happens when when my mind is just thinking of the the existential dread of a virus, and I'm like, you know yeah. what, podcasting is not is not worth it anymore. Well, we should do it more because we're gonna be at home more. We have to, yeah. So, so we got some episodes to catch up on, and you'll probably be hearing from us next week. Uh, we're gonna keep going at this thing, and of course, if you have some shit to say, let us know. What's our email? Our kids asleep at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, and I would recommend you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's Helps the greatest us thing. Out. Yes, it's amazing. And we're just going to keep upping production value until we'll be like in Howard Stern's booth. You know, mm. how he's got that weird thing. I never like to set up. I don't know what his setup is. He's like like above the guest and he's not really looking at the guest directly. Mm. He's like looking one way and then the guests are facing this way. Mm. It's really weird. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that level of production value. He's a radio value, man then, though. It's yeah, different. We'll get there. Um, 
with that said, enjoy your evening, folks. Stay safe out there. Um, care for your loved ones. Smile a whole bunch. Wash your damn hands. And comfort food. Don't touch your face. That's right. Don't touch your goddamn face. <laughs> Have a good night. Good night. Bye.